Come inside late to practice. This is episode three. I'm your host, Sean Lamont, on the Twitter bird at 11thegoat. Joined tonight by my on-time co-host, as always, Mr. Elijah Arnold on Twitter at wrong Elijah. Elijah, welcome. Good evening. How, how are you today? You know what? I'm pretty good. Went into work today. Didn't know I had to work today. Didn't know I didn't have to work today, I meant. So I was that guy. Even now, you still have it mixed up. I, I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. The only thing I know what I'm supposed to be doing is podcasting. So here we are. How are you doing? Doing good. I uh, worked today and I had to work today. So it was a regular day. Um, tomorrow's Veterans Day. Shout out veterans. But I have to work then too. Uh, my wife, who works at a bank, doesn't. So. Oh, lucky ducky. Yeah. Quack, quack. Yeah. Quack, quack, Mr. Ducksworth. <laughs> quack, quack, Mr. Ducksworth. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Ducks fly together. Uh, that's a good, that's a good drop. Hey, I got a question for you. I'm ready. I'm a big connoisseur of television and video media. I love TV shows. As do I. Love them. Yes. Love series. Have you personally ever watched a TV show where you got to the end of a series, whatever the series may be, and then you're just like, what the fuck just happened? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there are some obvious ones. Uh, I think the most recent one that's like super well known is going to be the Game of Thrones answer, where it's one show for uh, seven seasons and then season eight. They're just like, you know what? Fuck you. Uh, I have not watched Game of Thrones yet. I wasn't super into it. I didn't watch like seasons one through six until season six. And then I kind of binged it. And then I was into it enough to watch it. Uh, For me, the show that I was super into like like, uh, every week viewing was Lost when it came out. I was obsessed with it. 24-year-old Elijah thought it was the best thing that had ever happened. And it was so smart. And watching back, I'm like, this was fine. Like, it was good. Uh, you know what's it, funny about Lost is I got into it way late. Yeah. Way late. Like, I think the show was over when I started it. And I was watching it on Netflix. And then Netflix pulled it, so I've never been able to finish it. So, I won't spoil anything. Uh, the only thing I'll say is that it builds towards all these answers. And then it leaves so many things unanswered. And the things it does answer, you're kind of staring at the TV and you're like, that, that's the answer? Like, that's what it is? I mean, he wasn't being like existential. It's literally just a cork. What? So, yeah, spoiler alert. Um, yeah, Lost. Uh, other shows that kind of... Uh, the one show that... Uh, I always think about what could have been, and again, this is a very popular internet answer, was Firefly. I love Firefly, but it only got 12 episodes. It. It was a sp- it's got Nathan Fillion in it. Uh, it, was, it became a movie, too. Uh, they made uh, Serenity was the movie. Um, Summer Glau, Nathan Fillion, uh, Monica Baccarin, uh, uh, other people. Uh, it was really good. It was like a, uh, a space western type deal. With like clever quips and jokes and action, uh, but I only got one season. That was tough. Um, 
Yeah, of other shows that ended, and you're like, what the fuck? I mean... Well, let me... I wanted to ask you this question, because I've recently, me and my wife, finished a series that I was addicted to. I was in, like, certain characters would leave the show or die, and I would be sobbing in my chair, like... I knew them personally. And that show was a History Channel show called Vikings. I think Vikings had six or seven seasons. Yeah, loosely based on on actual history. Most of those people were real. Right. So, like, the show is, like, going and going and going. And then, like, we watched it on Prime. So we weren't really, we didn't really know, like, we were at the end. And then the series finale happens. And then it's like, no more episodes. So we're like, oh, let's jump on IMDb and see when the new season comes out. And they're like, nope, that's it. And I'm like, well, you left 14 different storylines wide open. There was no closure for anything. And it seemed like the last episode was just like, yep, whatever. Let's just throw this weird, like, Darren Aronofsky montage in there and see if someone can figure out what just happened. Yeah. I, I was literally, like, me and my wife sat there for, like, 25 minutes, just, like, pissed off. Like, there's no <laughs> way that's how someone said, we should end this really good show like this. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, so, thank you for warning me. I've watched five of the seven seasons. Like, it's good all the way up till the last episode. That, okay. Just the way they end it is will leave such a bad taste. I won't spoil it. It will leave such a bad taste in your mouth. You'll be like... That seriously couldn't have been it. Do you know they there's... must have been planning to do more, and then the net... something had to have happened. Yeah, that happens. Did you know there's uh, some historical debate whether he was called Ivar the Boneless because of his legs or because of if he uh, couldn't get an erection? I did not. Yep. I heard he did not have bones, but he had all the ligaments. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and somehow he took over parts of Scotland and Ireland. Uh, Well, his brothers did as well. All historically. So the show, while based in history, does take a lot of uh, historical leniency. But yeah, yeah. no, I liked liked Vikings. It led me down the the path of learning more about those fellers. Me too. I I had downloaded like three audiobooks off Audible recently just on Vikings. Oh, I love Audible audiobooks. Mm-hmm. That's a, that's a big, big, awesome thing I stumbled into. First, I thought when I got into, like, heard about Audible, I was like, so wait, you're telling me I have to pay you $15 a month and I only get one book a month? And then I started looking at how much audiobooks cost, and I'm like, so for $15, I can get this $45 extended Harry Potter audiobook? Exactly. When you're the member, it's all about the value. Look at the length mm. of the book. Yes, exactly. Cost I the will not use 65... a on anything under eight hours. Absolutely. That is that is absolutely. And for a lot of the books, and I never really realized this, if you were to read them out loud like a narrator, a lot of standard books you read are about eight hours. Now, there are some that are a lot longer. Uh, I have some series I like where the some of the... Uh, one of the the longest one I think was, I want to say thirty six hours, and I was yeah, into I was it. say Harry Potter's are in the plus twenties. Yeah, when you look at the words, but if you look at a lot of like the popular fiction books, either mysteries or even sci fi stuff like that, a lot of them they clock in 
eight, ten hours, about the same length. And I never realized, especially in those series where, you know, you see this guy, uh, it's the the Joe Rush book 13. Well, he has 13 books because the guy's just like, all right, time time to sell this book. Let's get on to the next book. Yeah. <laughs> we got to make that money. I've got deadlines. But, yeah. Like, give so, me a book, book that you really like. Audio form, audio audio form. The the best one that I will recommend to anyone, and it's a time commitment, uh, is the Passage Trilogy from Justin Cronin. Uh, it is a vampire book. It is not like Twilight. It is a dystopian, uh, uh, apocalyptic vampire book that stretches over a very long period of time. But he is so good at writing; it never gets confusing. A lot of times with like those those trilogies that are forty hours a piece, you know. You've got so many characters, you get confused. This guy's amazing. Yeah. So shout out Justin Cronin. It, I've listened to the series probably four times. I have yelled at people to read the books. My dad read the books, and he is honestly he usually read. You know, he knows how to read, but uh, uh, he's usually playing his crossword crosswords or whatever. Uh, and he read this book, and he's like, "You're right. That's a really good book." And I was like, "I know it's a really good book." So the first one in the trilogy is called The Passage. The second one is called The Twelve. And the third one is called The City of Mirrors. And that is, yeah, I'll recommend it to anyone. Just me talking about it uh, hmm. means I will probably uh, go back and listen to it. Well, I get a credit here in two days, so The Passage is going to make its way onto the list. Seriously, I, I, I cannot uh, recommend it highly enough. I'm currently listening to Pet Cemetery, Ooh, which Stephen is King. read by Michael C. Hall, who plays Dexter. Which makes it extra creepy. <laughs> I'm liking it so far. But I, I'll i give you a recommendation because I don't know if you've heard of this book series yet. It's by Robert Galbraith, which is the pen name for J.K. Rowling. It's called uh, the Cormor and Strike series. I have not. He's, based, he's a private detective who lost one of his legs in war. Oh, interesting. And he's like, it's like a murder mystery whodunit. But there's five books now, oh, and they're all so good. Nice, nice. Um, I have, I think, three credits right now. I got a couple in an Audible settlement, because I've been an Audible member for a really long time. And I guess when they first started, there was some rule about uh, you could only keep so many credits at a time. And uh, a couple of my credits went to waste, and then there was a class, at, class accent. I can't say those words. Class action lawsuit and i got my credits back now that's pretty cool so i now i I have the first book is the cuckoo's calling i would recommend check it out that sounds cool yeah yeah um i spent whatever it is i think it's i want to say 38 hours listening to the uh george washington uh biography it was super boring (laughs) but uh it was nice to have on in the background at work because it didn't really ever take my attention away from anything because it's just <laughs> it's just Scott Brick droning on about George Washington for, what's that, George almost two Washington straight days. Had two eyes. And f- four teeth. I wonder if there's a... Uh, we should look on Audible and see if there's a book read by Ben Stein. I bet... I mean, he's only... I wonder if there's a challenge to see if you can stay awake while Ben Stein reads you a book. Let's see, Audible, Ben Stein. Yep, The Capitalist Code, 
can save your life. Ben Stein. I don't know. That kind of seems like a downer. How to ruin your life. Ben Stein. Jesus Christ. <laughs> you know, put that on and see if you can stay awake. Ugh. That's the challenge. Go back to Ferris Bueller. Man. I love books, though. Me, too. I like collecting books, too. I don't have a large physical book collection. I have a large audio book collection, which is not very impressive because it's on my phone. Yeah, me too. Yeah. I like the um, Girl with the Dragon Tattoo series. That's a good listen. Oh, we have a guest to Late to Practice. Come on in. Come on in. Come on down. Come on in. All right. The suspense is mounting. Here we go. I'm going to put the headphones on and you talk to Sean. How you ready? How is it? Hello, good sir. Hi. What's your name? William. William. That's a good that's a good solid name. Who picked that name out? My mom and my dad. Ah, they're all right with me. That's a good job. What are you doing? What you up to? Um, I'm going to bed. You're going to bed? All right. Well, thank you for coming on. Bye. Bye. <laughs> and he's gone. <laughs> what a first introduction. Carol, you want on too? You do not. She said no. Oh, next time. Okay. Let's talk. What is the thing your wife does that makes you the most angry? Hmm. I, Jesus, rabbit hole. I'll do. I'll do mine. Uh, shopping for couches. Turns out you only need one, and she has <laughs> sent me like seventy-five different couches. One of them was in Keene, New Hampshire. It was used. Keene, New Hampshire is a three and a half hour drive, and we just have Subarus. Like we don't have anything big. And and she was like, "Isn't it beautiful?" And I was like, "It's a couch." And she's like, "No, you don't understand." And I was like, "I clearly do not understand the couch." situation and uh she's like it's in new hampshire and i was like what part she's like keen and i knew where keen was and i was like no <laughs> she's like why it's like two hours to new hampshire i'm like yeah but yeah, new- another two hours to keen <laughs> it's not a big fucking state but it's far enough to cross the entire thing uh, so we did not get that couch uh instead we're picking I up just a, come a free couch yes what's your realization i don't think our wives can ever meet does she hate couches no, oh. she loves furniture. Oh, God. That's all I've heard of. So we bought a new house. We're buying a new house in a week. Um, shout out State of Maine because they bought my old house because they salted my well. Okay. So uh, all I've gotten from text from her in the last, I don't know, since whenever we agreed on the contract was furniture or dishes. So I understand. if you're what, What's your wife's favorite furniture? Uh, furniture. Just all of it. Just t- tables. Tables. Chairs. Does she like old fucking uh 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 like Antique, TV stands? Everything. Like no, uh not TV stands, but well, not like chairs, a regular TV stand, but like upholstery. Oh, oh, this is a mid modern TV stand that held fifty records. Isn't that cool? I was like, yeah, that's fine. And oh, where's that one? Boston, Massachusetts. Oh, yeah, no problem. At least it's closer than Keene, New Hampshire. It was just a, a week or so ago, she sends me a text of a screenshot from Facebook Marketplace of 
stained glass windows that somebody was selling for 90 bucks and we had to have them. Yeah. Unfortunately for us, the guy told his stepson to load them in the truck. And while he was loading them in the truck, he stepped on them and shattered them. We didn't pay him. And that guy now doesn't have a foot. I was going to say, that guy doesn't have a stepson. Yeah, he's dead. You just uh, cost me 90 bucks, Wilfred. Yeah. Now, uh, I'm assuming his name is Wilfred. I think it has to be legally if you're loading a plate glass window. Um, the thing she always tries to get me with is, it's such a good deal. It's like, But it's old. And she goes, yeah, but I mean, full price. This is way more. But full price was in 1975. Like, we should get a discount. <laughs> that was a while ago. Uh, and then I'm a crazy, irresponsible child of an adult because I want an Xbox X. Ugh. I just bought a new Xbox game today for the first time since... Wow. Since the last Assassin's Creed came out. Yeah. I bought Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Nice. The last game I bought was Origins. That was, yeah, a couple of years, I think. Yeah. I don't get to play my Xbox much. It's yeah. more of a Sonic the Hedgehog machine for my five-year-old who is addicted to Sonic the Hedgehog. Like, addicted. She will scream at the television <laughs> in a perfect imitation of her father. Good, good. William is addicted uh, to Zelda. And now, recently, Pikmin 3. Never played it, but he seems to like it. Hmm. Never heard of it. Yeah, me neither. It's a bunch of weird little guys running around jumping on each other. Not at all like Which, football. Right. <laughs> I'll get the Madden game sometimes when, like, my brother Steven gets them, and then I'll log in as him and download it on my Xbox. Yeah. I'll do stuff like that, but this was, I hadn't actually bought a game in forever. This was the first year in forever. I would say <sighs> probably the first year since 2005 that I have not purchased the uh, Madden game. I have bought it 14 15 years in a row and this year i said i'm not gonna do it till i find out if it's good and then i read everything and it wasn't good and i didn't buy it so take that 2020 boom roasted i'm taking my life back but kind of funny to bring this whole thing full circle here assassin's creed the new one that came out today is assassin's creed valhalla which Vikings. That's true. We just talked about it, those guys. It's weird how, like, all of a sudden I got into the Vikings TV show. Now I'm, like, downloading books on Ragnar Lothbrook. And then they come up with an Assassin's Creed's Viking game. And I'm like, what is going on? You're doing a podcast with a guy that likes the Vikings? Right? What even is life, man? Oh, Jesus. Good stuff. Yeah. Good stuff. You really like Vikings, but you don't like the Vikings. Like, I really don't like the Minnesota Vikings. Although I did win a Super Bowl in their stadium, so that's cool. But if those football players took their helmets off and put on, like, like those helmets with the big horns on the side and started actually hacking the shit out of their opponents, then all of a sudden, a little bit cooler. We got Mutant League football. Oh, man. Oh, I remember Mutant League football. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, I do. That was a good game. I remember the original NFL Blitz, and uh, 
when you played career mode, it gave you this little tease, like, if you win all your games, you'll have a special party with the cheerleaders in a locker room. And I think I was probably 14, so, like, <laughs> that was a big deal. Motivated. And, and in my head, I'm thinking, like, this game's going to show me some, like, some party time with cheerleaders. And I won. And it just shows, like, this regular, normal cheerleader, probably a nice lady, and she was like, welcome to the party, and then just roll credits. And that was it. And so if you're talking about TV shows that let you down, NFL Blitz <laughs> let me down more than anything in my life, I think. I played that and I was like, I'm going to get a perfect season in NFL Blitz and I'm going to party with some virtual cheerleaders, not realizing that, that I was wasting my time. It was very sad. It happens to the best of us. Yeah, clearly. <laughs> oh, man. What you got? I have got um, nothing written down. I also have nothing in my head. The thing is, with these, is it depends what time we start this and when Steve actually shows up. To be fair, today we started a little earlier than normal, meaning that we need to stretch it a little longer than normal, depending on on, on Steve. So... Uh, with that being said, I'm going to pull up my list of topics that I saved for a rainy day, and it'll just take a minute, and the audience won't get bored while I do it at all. Nope, because I will tell you, a little birdie told me that in a couple weeks, I think two weeks, we're going to have a guest on Late to Practice. An actual Late to Practice guest? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Actual late to practice. Someone heard late to practice and they're like, hey, yeah, your podcast is cool and everything, but can I be on that late to podcast, late to the podcast <gasps> show? Was it, Joe, was, like, was it Joe Biden? It is Joe Biden. How did you know? <laughs> that, can you imagine? President elect. So I know we have this little podcast and I know we do a good job and I know some people listen to it and it's great, but can you imagine if we actually slayed like a really big guest all one day just randomly? Like someone's cruising along just listening to us. Uh, talk about Maine and farting and pooping our pants in football. And then all of a sudden it's like, and welcome to the program, Elon Musk. Thank, thanks for joining us, Elon. And it was actually him. Hey, um, I have a like a personal goal where I try to tweet or Instagram message, whatever, at least one celebrity a week and ask them to come on. Like this week it was Josh Gad. I was like, man, really wish Josh Gad would come on our podcast. I'm going to start Googling like celebrities that are kind of on the outs and need like a <laughs> need a media redemption tour and maybe hope they don't research enough to know that uh, uh, we wouldn't be their saving grace. If you could have any celebrity on the podcast or any person, not even a celebrity, any person come on this podcast, football or otherwise, you know, joint practices, late practice, whatever monstrosity we did election night. Uh, that'll never get released. Any of those shows? Uh, who who would you want to come on? Oh, that's a tough. Just assuming that, like, so if it's if it's someone famous, they're not going to give us like three hours to talk, right? If you could talk to someone for like thirty minutes, uh, ask them questions, have them respond, be into it. Who's the person you're going to? I mean, 
number one probably would be Carson Wentz. I think that'd be really cool. It would be for a football podcast. Actually, for the football, yes. I, Barack Obama. Yeah. That would be cool. Yep. So my answer would not be Tom Brady because I've heard Tom Brady in interviews and that would be the, like, I I wouldn't credit myself as doing a better job than anyone else in the, the thousands of interviews he's done and said absolutely nothing. <laughs> uh, Obama would be certainly good. It, it'd be different if you could, like... If it wasn't a podcast and you could probably just talk to the person and like they weren't, they didn't think you were recording and they just say whatever. Could you imagine what Barack Obama might say if like you caught him drunk at a bar <laughs> and be like, all right, all right, Barack, what do you think of this? And he'd be like, I'll fucking tell you about that. Like, uh, do you ever see the uh, uh, White House Correspondents Dinner? I think it was uh, Key was standing behind him as the angry black, uh, angry black translator. If you haven't, you should go look it up after the show. Because okay. what happened was uh, uh, Obama would say something, you know, political. He'd be like, you know, thank you for all the Republicans for coming. I know we have our differences, but we'll work through it. And then Key, as the angry black translator, would be like, y'all motherfuckers are going to learn. And it was hilarious. It was really hilarious. So uh, Obama would be a good one. I think if I uh, see a lot of people I, I'd want to talk to are dead. But also, some of them aren't. I don't know. I asked a question I don't even know the answer to, which I've done, I think, twice in the last two weeks. So that's a tough look for me. If it was a football person, I think I'd probably want to talk to... Oh, man. I think Julian Edelman might be a fun interview. But also, I think Julian Edelman kind of gets more praise than he deserves for his career he's been fantastic for the patriots but he also had a run of like five years where he was anything and even those years he wasn't even a top you know whatever wide receiver i can say sassy things like this now because he's on the ir and will never play for the patriots again (laughs) Uh, who else would be fun will smith would be awesome (laughs) yeah will smith would be good I'd like to get like a a media member, a celebrity, someone who is like a diehard football fan who that w- like will go in on their team. That would be cool. I just thought of one that I would want and not because I think he'd be the most interesting just because I've heard he's a really cool guy. I think I'd want Tom Hanks. Like mm. he just seems like a good dude. Like I feel like he'd come on and he'd be like, all right, guys, you guys are great at football talk. I'm Tom Hanks. Everything he says is a stitch. I, yeah, I'm not going to do that one. <laughs> yeah, all right. I don't know what celebrities are super, super football uh, uh, diehard. Uh, maybe, uh, I don't know. Chris Chris Evans, I think, likes the Patriots. And Chris Pratt likes the Seahawks. I remember that from the Super Bowl. Having Star-Lord and Captain America on would be pretty cool. Yeah, Paul Rudd would be fun. Oh, that's a good one. Everyone loves Paul Rudd. And he's a diehard, what, Chiefs fan? I think he is. Yeah. Uh, yep. Yep. He was also a Blues fan when they beat the uh, the Bruins in the Stanley Cup, so he's kind of a dick, but that's fine. Uh, let's see. I think for an announcer... If I had, it could have an announcer on. 
I know the obvious answer is like Tony Romo, but I think oh hell yeah, I think I'd want to have on um, Phil Sims because my mom hates him so much. So I'd have Phil Sims on, and then I'd like pull my mom in, and she'd be like, "Listen here, why do you hate the Patriots? Why are you so terrible? Why, <laughs> why didn't you hug your son enough? And now he's on that stupid Bleacher Report show. Why all this? My mom really hates Phil Sims. I like Chris Sims. Chris Sims would be fun. Yeah, he's got a little anti-Patriots bias, so I can see why you hate him. I love him. See, I can't talk either. All right, well, enough football. We're going to talk about that in a minute when Steve gets here. First, I wanted to ask you a follow-up question. Um, If you could uh, throw away any piece of furniture in your house that your wife bought, what would it be? I would not throw away furniture because you should never throw away furniture. Furniture is priceless. She got to you. I prefer to see my next birthday. Thank you. She got to you. You coward. I'll tell you mine. There's uh, a little end table that I'm not allowed to put anything on because it's so good as an end table you can't use it. So that one. It would be that one. You want to know something that does bother me is when you call something a bureau and you get corrected, it's a dresser. (laughs) Well, listen here. I grew up in uneducated parts of Maine. If I say it's a bureau, it's a fucking bureau. (laughs) Did you see that? And this is not football, um, but it's a sports thing. The Chicago White Sox hire Tony La Russa to be their next manager. Um, he got arrested for DUI the day before they hired him. And in his arrest log, he tells the cop, uh, I'm going to get this wrong, so maybe I'll look it up. But he pulls the classic, like, do you know who I am while getting arrested for DUI? And then the the White Sox hired him anyway. He's 76 years old. So I guess my, my thought or question is, one... Why do people think that being famous will get them out of basic uh, uh, alcohol stops? And two, why would you hire a 76-year-old man that just got arrested to be the coach or, I'm sorry, manager of your baseball team? To me, it's insane. And this is what he said. LaRusso stated, I had one glass of wine at dinner with my friends before uh, the officer uh, put him in the rear of the patrol car, and LaRusa asked, do you see my ring? When uh, asked what he was talking about, LaRusa said, I'm a Hall of Famer baseball person. And then he said, I'm legit, brother. I'm a Hall of Famer, brother. You're trying to embarrass me. Like, that poor cop's just trying to arrest a drunk guy, and he's pulling his dick out with his baseball ring. It's insane. <laughs> All right. I'm going to shoot my shot here live on the podcast. You ready for this? I'm ready. I'm sending out a tweet saying we're debating which celebrities we'd like to host on our podcast. Oh, let me get on my Twitter. Who do you think would be a good football interview? I got Tom Hanks, Barack Obama. I need to add one more at on there. Who do you think we should throw on there? Uh, At? Who's a good? It'd be good if they had something. Barack Obama, so he's definitely not coming on. Tom Hanks, that's a, that's slightly lower than the Obama. So let's try some pickable fruit. Um, 
Who is someone that's not really famous? But so, is there anyone from Maine that's famous? Like not real famous, but famous famous? Oh, what about Stephen the King? no? What about the guy from the league, Mark Duplass? Mark. Let's see. Should probably tell him we're from Maine because his wife's from Maine. Kate Azelton, she was also in the league. Probably pronounced it wrong, and now they'll hate us forever. Uh, this phone is not agreeing with the thumbs. <laughs> Might I end up like tweeting at the wrong person? They like, what are you talking about? Wouldn't that be amazing if they came on though, and they were like, "All right, I'm I'm here," and we're like, "You're not." Aaron Andrews. You're, oh, I don't think she'll come on. I think her she's from Lewiston. Her image is fairly well protected. She, yeah, she's from Lewiston, but. She's ESPN. They're not going to do it without vetting us to make sure we don't say the F word. And it turns out we say that a lot. Grown ass men. Yeah, exactly. Hmm. All right. This is riveting. All right. Let's do something else. Um, let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Elijah. Yes. Why don't you go ahead and rank the three Star Wars trilogies? Okay. Oh. All right. So <laughs> I do have some both? strong opinions about this. So if we're we're breaking them down into threes, then some of it's easier and some of it's harder. Because I have a lot of opinions about the individual movies themselves. But if we're doing it in the trilogy form, then it's a little more generalized. So obviously the best one is the original three. Now, when I say the original three, I don't mean the original three when George Lucas was an asshole and went back and redid them all like 10 years later and and added extra shit into it and, you know, fixed whatever effects he didn't have. I mean, the original three movies he created and then he tried to ruin. Um, Han Solo shot first and I will go to the grave uh with that as my belief. Uh, that's a very integral part of character development. The fact that this guy shot the guy across from him without warning was important. It showed you like, oh, he's kind of a dick. He's a badass. Like, you come after him, he'll just fucking shoot you. And then all of a sudden, because George Lucas was like, well, I really want Han Solo to be, I don't know, kind of a little baby about it. I'll wait till Guido shoots at him and then... And then uh, he'll shoot back. And that was terrible. So that's my first thing on the trilogy. But to the original question. Yes, the first trilogy that came out, episodes four through six, uh, was by far the best. The second best would have been episodes seven through nine. That had the ability to be better than the first three. I thought the first movie, I thought The Force Awakens was, was fantastic. Did it retread old plot lines? Yeah, it did. Okay, so we got this big circular thing that shoots out and blows shit up. Hey, guess what, guys? Instead of blowing up one planet at a time, now we can blow up six. Isn't that cool? Our dicks are so much bigger than the Empire's dicks. We're the First Order. Uh, but the entire plot line was uh, instead of flying in, uh, they ran in. And then, you know, instead of Biggs and Pork getting blown up, it was, you know, they killed Han Solo. So that's fine. But then, really what the problem was, 
And we're really going to get well, into that. No, we're really going to get into this, Sean. You, yeah, no. You wanted to fill up time. We're going to do it. Uh, the, the problem was that they switched directors. So J.J. Abrams takes over Star Wars. He directs uh, The Force Awakens. They bring in uh, they bring in John Boyega. They bring in Oscar, Oscar Isaacs. They bring in Daisy Ridley. And those are going to be the people. And then Ryan Johnson, he spells his name with an I and an A, which is fine. But it just looks weird. Comes in. And, and the second movie... Uh, in the, the sequel trilogy, was completely off-tone from the other two. It Instead of a regular Star Wars movie, it becomes a chase scene between two spaceships. Well, technically more than two, but you know, it's a chase scene between spaceships, and one's running out of gas the whole time, and like, ooh, what's going to happen when they run out of gas? I don't know, they'll probably fucking die. And then another thing about that movie, the Holdo Maneuver, let me tell you about that. Okay, so if you can just ram other spaceships with your spaceship at hyperspeed, and that's like a valid way to fight space battles, why haven't they done that before and after? Because it was pretty fucking <laughs> effective when they did it. Like, oh, the same like oh, we have to sacrifice one person, and we can blow up the entire fleet by just running through them? Let's do that all the time i mean let's look at world war ii there are kamikazes that fly in uh, and they don't even take down aircraft carriers but they're willing to die for the emperor so you, you can't have a bunch of people just pull holdo maneuvers with a uh, light speed capable spacecraft that's a really big plot hole ryan johnson and you should answer for it now getting on to uh episode nine all of a sudden with no explanation, and they kind of explain it, but they really don't. They just, like, show you a bunch of tanks with, like, uh, deformed babies in it. And they're like, hey, by the way, just so you know, uh, the Emperor's back. And you're like, how's the Emperor back? And it's like, I, yeah. I don't know. Fuck I you. And it's yeah. like, no, don't <laughs> fuck me. Like, how's he back? Give me any sort of... Re- he got thrown into a gravity well. Like, don't you can't make me forget what happened on the second Death Star that wasn't finished but was technically finished because it was a trick. You can't make me forget what happened there outside, you know, uh, above the moons of Endor. Fuck you. And he's like, and J.J. Abrams, who took the, the trilogy back over, was like, no, hey, fuck you. I was like, no, fuck you. And it went on for hours. And it turns out he got all the money and made the movies and I didn't have any say. But I thought that was pretty cheap. Now, in that movie, there was that really cool scene that was kind of uh, reminiscent of Avengers Endgame when all of a sudden, uh, you know, uh, we're losing. We're going to lose. The Emperor, he's, uh, we're fucked. And then all of a sudden, Lando Calrissian, and B- Billy D. Williams, who somehow gets a starring role back at 82 years old, uh, you hear him on, uh, you hear like, we're coming, buddy. And then all these ships drop in from hyperspace and like, it's just reg- And that guy's like, they don't have a fleet that big. And, and another guy's like, it's not a fleet. It's just people. I will admit, I will admit, I did not overly like episode nine, but when that guy was like, it's not a fleet, it's just people, I teared up a little bit. I was like, yeah, yeah, it's just people. They're going to kill you. And they did. So that was a pretty good. Now, the prequel trilogy was uh, a bastardization of Star Wars media. It was uh, abhorrent. Hayden Christensen uh, was possibly the worst actor I've ever seen in those movies. The dialogue was was beyond anything that I could possibly think of of being put in a, a major film and getting past like producers like like the love scenes between first off, okay let's talk about statutory rape so Padme slash Queen Amidala uh is like hey Annie and we're supposed to believe she's like 17 and he's 12 and then like like 15 minutes later it's like 
you're a pretty cute 12 year old and it's like what what is it what is happening and they introduce midichlorians because if there's anything i want in my science fiction that is based mostly around a magic uh, a magical religion uh based on being able to control just feelings or whatever and block laser shots it's like the 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 science count between uh how good you are at blocking things and i don't know like the little spinny bugs around you in space it's really pretty it, what george lucas did to it 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 affected my childhood in a negative manner and i think he should apologize that was the best rant i've ever heard in my life <laughs> i'll just go on a, out on this note and say i was not a fan of star wars growing up as a child i was a young adult when i was forced to watch the original three movies. I, I'm i saying like 21-ish probably. 21 years old when I watched them. And I was like, alright. This is, I mean, this is alright for what it is. It's kind of nerdy. Uh, the cinematography is great. The, I was not a big fan of, how do I put this? Like the creatures and the monsters, how like puppety they looked. Yeah, I get you. For me personally, I rank the newer three movies as my top. And then the original three and then the prequel three. I did not like the prequel three because I thought the quality of like the green screening, it was monsters. Awful. I just like... That was made I do, five... I find myself doing this a lot lately, and it's with older movies. And I'm just like, oh, if they only had the technology we have now, these movies could have been so good. Some... Like, watching The Mandalorian now, I'm like, this is just good. Like, everything looks good. Like, even, like, the little... Like, if there's a little creature, it doesn't really look fake. It looks weird, but it looks like it is actually a creature that exists somewhere yeah uh the thing i had about the star wars prequels as well is the cgi did look so bad and that those movies were made between i I couldn't think of the word cgi between uh five and seven years after jurassic park and jurassic park holds up to me to this day like oh yeah it's not perfect you can kind if you really focus on it but it like 1995 Jurassic Park holds up better than a ton of movies that were late 90s early 2000s uh so there was the technology uh Steven Spielberg had it for Jurassic Park and George Lucas uh tried to ruin my childhood with statutory rape and invisible uh I don't know magical cells bouncing around that you had to quantify instead of just being like it's fucking magic get over it bro can we just talk about how 1995 brought us Jurassic Park and Toy Story. Yeah, I think it brought some films. So 94, 95, 96, and even 96, like those, that was solid years. Like uh, Jurassic Park, Toy Story. Uh, Now that I say that, I don't remember which year is which, but uh, yeah, it was a time before Tommy uh, Boy came out in 95. Yeah, um, Showgirls. So that was pretty cool. That was a joke. Uh, they don't all land. Goldeneye. Hey, Goldeneye came out. Crimson Tide. I liked Goldeneye. It, it, watching it later in life. Oh, here's the one. Yep. 
Braveheart came out in 1995. Okay. I loved Braveheart. Uh, Clueless. 95 was a good oh. year. Empire good of year Records. Billy Madison came out in 1995. Good year for films. Casino. Apollo 13 came out in 1995. I was 10 years I old. I love that movie. Oh, Thanks. man. Here's one that wasn't great, but I loved Waterworld with Kevin Costner. It was terrible. No, I've never seen Waterworld. So Kevin Costner hit this uh, uh, really peak of his fame in the early to mid-90s, and he started making all these giant big-budget movies that just tanked after he made Dancing with Wolves, which uh, won him the Oscar. Yeah, he was in The Postman. That's what I mean. That That movie cost like $200 and and you know, it was fine. But in terms of money that it made back, it it cost a lot of money, and he didn't make it back. (laughs) 12 Monkeys came out in 1995. 1995 was a good year. Species. Species came out. There were boobs in that movie. And I was 10. Like, it was scary (laughs) as fuck. But I was like, you got to fight through it. I was at my grandfather's house, and uh, his name was also Elijah. Bless him. And uh, the the great thing about that was he'd fall asleep at like 7 o'clock, but he had all these movies. And some of them were rated R. And he'd be in bed, and I'd be like, all right, here we go. (laughs) <laughs> so there's 10 year old me watching species which is not a pleasant movie but i knew somewhere in that movie natasha henstridge derobes and i was like you gotta get you gotta get through the murder and the aliens uh yeah tommy boy mall rats i loved mall rats oh classic i was super into kevin smith for a while but yep. i think like everyone in their State early ball. 20s was at the time like it was just a thing that early 20s people that liked uh, alternative music or emo, like, they, they just loved that Kevin Smith love story of, of uh, you know. Uh, the nerd gets the girl. The nerd gets the girl, or maybe he doesn't because she's a lesbian, but he gets to give this really long soliloquy in the rain about why they should be together. And she's like, you know I'm gay, right? And uh, now that movie, I don't know. I don't think that one holds up in terms of, like, the current... Uh, PC. Yeah. Like, hey, we should be together when you quite clearly know. It's like, respect her, man. She's made her choice. She doesn't want you. She wants nothing to do with you. Holden McNeil. It takes two, Mary-Kate and Ashley. I think I've hit the end of uh, the 1995 movie list. But that was, you know, that was uh, uh, a good year for it. Um I remember being 10 and telling my mom, like, I love dinosaurs. And she's like, I know you love dinosaurs. I was like, I want to watch Jurassic Park. And she's like, you, you, no, you don't. And I was like, no, I do. <laughs> and she knew what, like, a little coward I was, like, get scared at everything. And she's like, if you watch Jurassic Park, I'm never going to be able to go to bed because you'll just keep me up. And I was like, I'm going to watch it. And I actually held up okay to Jurassic Park. It did okay. Um I knew dinosaurs wouldn't come get me for the most part. I won't say I didn't run in from the car once or twice because I thought the velociraptors might be behind. Uh, the sca- <laughs> the most scared I've ever been having watched a movie, ever. And this will never be repeated in my entire life. I went to a friend's house, had a sleepover. It's the first time I'd ever slept over at this friend's house. It, and uh, we watched the movie Scream. I was 11. Oh, I love Scream. I hate it. I scared shitless, but I loved it. I was 11 years old, and when I say I did not sleep that night, that is not an exaggeration. I laid up 
and stared at the ceiling. And any time a shadow shifted, he had a gerbil. Oh, God. He had a gerbil. And the gerbil whoa, at like whoa, whoa. two in the morning, maybe it was a muskrat, I don't know, uh, started running in the wheel. And I kept hearing the noise. And I made him wake his parents up to move the gerbil because it was scaring me. And then I was not invited back for a second sleepover. <laughs> well. That's it? That's it. That's going to do it. Episode three of Late to Practice. Elijah, till next time. Uh, I think it'll probably be next week. <laughs>